Hello and welcome to the Behind the Headlines podcast, brought to you by Bristol's independent media, Bristol 24-7. My name is Betty Woolerton and each week we bring you compelling and fascinating conversations from people all over our amazing city, delving behind the headlines of Bristol's news, culture and more. St Paul's Carnival is set to make a return to the streets of Bristol for the first time in three years. The COVID-19 pandemic put the celebrations on hold, but 2023 is expected to bring together more than 100,000 people for a day of connection, community and culture. In this episode, I'll be chatting to Latoya McAllister-Jones, the Executive Director of the Carnival, about the wider meaning of the celebrations and what people can expect from this year's event. Thank you so much, Latoya, for joining me today on Bristol 24-7's Behind the Headlines podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, Rachel. I'm good. Um, having a little bit of a flashback to um, lockdown because it strikes today. So I've got the kids at home jumping between uh, work and meetings and feeding the kids. And yeah, but um, other than that, I'm good. Cool. I'm really happy you're here. Um, so, yeah, you're on the podcast today to chat about the return of St. Paul's Carnival, yeah. which is very exciting. Really, really exciting. Um, yeah, you know, ev- everyone is so um, pumped for it in the city. Everyone's really excited. Um, and yeah, it's great. It's great to be bringing it back. It's been it's been a long time. And I know that everybody has felt its absence. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It'd be great to find out a little bit about you and how you came about to be involved in St Paul's Carnival. Yeah, sure. Um, So um, I moved to Bristol in December 2015, so just over seven years, and um, I worked uh, over at Ujima Radio. Um, So my background is not actually the arts at all in you know I spent 20 years working in the homelessness sector um, working with complex need rough sleepers sort of delivering accommodation services running teams all of that kind of thing and um, when I moved to Bristol I was kind of transition transitioning from that work um, into sort of more change management working with organizations on things like theory of change strategy work and developing their teams. And I went to work at Ujima Radio uh, with uh, Roger Griffith and Paul Hassan. Um, and we were, I, w- I went in as a, as a change management consultant, basically to look at the aspirations of the organization. I think Ujima just received the Arts Council MPO investment. Um, and I, I, I just loved working with Ujima Radio. It was the first time that I had realized that you could um address social justice and those kind of issues I was really interested in through the arts and my experience at Ujima was just really really inspiring um so there for a couple of years but when the role came up for St Paul's Carnival in um probably it was 2019 it would have been the beginning of 2019 um I, I leapt at the chance. One of the reasons why me and my husband moved to this city was because it had a carnival. Nice. And carnivals has always been really important to me. The first time I went to carnival, I was like eight years old. It's Notting Hill Carnival. So obviously, I'm from London. Um, mm. And it had such a profound impact on me as an eight-year-old child. Mm. Um, 40 years later, I found myself in this in this job. So, um, yeah, when it came up, I, I jumped at the, the, the opportunity 
um, knowing, you know, just how important carnival is to me as a um, African Caribbean woman, but also to to our community and to to this city. Mm. What do you think it brings to the city, and how does it enrich the the city and the communities in terms of oh bringing God. people together? I guess that's a big question. It's a big question. I could fill this podcast <laughs> with my thoughts. Um, I think that St Paul's Carnival is Bristol's biggest cultural export. Um, there's no doubt about that. You know, the at last estimate, hundred thousand people come to the city to take part in it I, I think it was slightly over that in 2019 and I would imagine that it will be more than that this year uh, because of that three-year hiatus um, you know for for the St Paul's community and I think you know I don't speak for the St Paul's community I wasn't I wasn't born here um, but you know when you look around walk around St Paul's the seven saints of St Paul's um, it, St Paul's Carnival is really special in that it's still, it, the community still have ownership of it. They, the community feel really passionate about it and um, the, the elders are still at the, the heart of what we do. You know, during lockdown, the two years, 2020-21, where we had digital programming, we still delivered brunch to our elders in the morning of Carnival. And I would bet my bottom dollar that no other carnival in the UK does that. Um, there's something that's really, really special about the place that carnival has in the, the community, but also in, in the wider city. Um, and I think that students that come to, to, to the universities here, they come because of things like St Paul's Carnival, they come and they stay. And these are the guys that drive the economy. You know, they work in our shops, they work in our cafes, um, some of them are the next um, city leaders um, and I think St Paul's Carnival has got a lot to do with that so I think it means an awful lot to the city in lots of different ways and that's just its social impact economically you know the last the look we did we commissioned a piece of work in 2018 um, economic impact and St Paul's Carnival brings in something like 5.1 million into wow. the city over Carnival weekend with half of that being spent in St Paul's itself but the other half being spent in hospitality in entertainment in our businesses so you know the social impact I think is obvious for everybody to see but that economic impact is also part of the story. That's a massive number. It is a massive number I, I remember being very shocked reading that and I don't think very many people know that. Mm, yeah it's so interesting because it's you know what you're explaining there it's not just the carnival itself and the, the impact that that has but it's also the lasting effect as well like you mentioned people coming into the city and staying and um you know it going beyond that weekend and it having an impact across the city absolutely yeah. that I've only been in the city a year and a half myself but I heard about St Paul's Carnival like almost as soon as I came to Bristol and that's yeah I, I definitely want to want to attend this year so yeah you mentioned a little bit about um the events that were put on um during the pandemic uh, was there anything else other than the brunch for the elders yes so you know when it hit which was March 2020 nobody will forget that um it took us a, it took everybody a few months to kind of get their head around what was happening and I think for me one of the driving questions and we we talked about this a lot as an organization uh, certainly at board level strategically how what what can what should our audiences and what should our community be able to expect from us as an organization at a time like this and knowing that we couldn't do what we're supposed to do which is 
bring people together on the streets of St Paul's that was not an option so what could our community expect and I was really inspired by um you know all of the community organizations that we work with Malcolm X, Brinkle, uh, Bristol Black Carers, Ujima Radio, um, all of these these organizations kind of put themselves on the front line delivering food to the elders they were you know delivering education packs to to children who are at home um, and I, I, my background is in frontline services and and St Paul's Carnival isn't a frontline service um, but we we explored what we can and what we should do and it's really you know creatively it was it was a really in it has been a really interesting time for our organization so you know everybody turned online that was what the, the automatic thing that we did zoom became our best friends zoom parties all over the place um and i think it was a zoom party that that kind of inspired me to put on our um spirit up which um, you can see just behind my head here the the thing for that um, spirit up united united at home was born out of that you know everybody's going online how do we do this um, and it was an 11 hour live stream and I probably wouldn't do that again I think I was definitely over ambitious but to, you know, to be quite honest it was it's one of the things I'm most proud of that I've that we've delivered um, because it was a real what we did was provide um, a real showcase for um, community organisations like Young Bristol's Got Talent, um, uh, just really bringing those organisations that we've been working with throughout the year um, into kind of support that um, that online effort. We had DJs coming in, you know, Trinity, another great community arts organisation, lent us the space, um, and we really tried to bring Carnival to the people at home and it was just I really enjoyed doing it it was really amazing oh, amazing um one of the most stressful things I've ever done <laughs> um so yeah so people out there there's no need for an 11 hour live stream that's too long <laughs> can leave that behind yeah we did that in 2020 and then in 2021 you know we were still semi-locked down and the thought of bringing 100,000 people to St Paul's I just didn't feel was the right thing to do particularly because black and brown communities were being so, um, you know, uh, so impacted on by the virus at the time. Um, so we, we did another online event, this time bringing together artists from, carnival artists from around the world. So I was really interested in the evolution of carnival. I think carnival, um, you know it tells us a, a sort of migrant story um so carnival in london looks very different from london uh, carnival in bristol carnival in trinidad looks very different from carnival in st lucia so i brought artists from those places together to talk about the evolution of carnival in those spaces um and st paul's carnival is, is special as, as you know they're all special but st paul's carnival the uh, migration story here is is very heavily Jamaican. It has a really Jamaican influence. The sound systems are really key to the carnival that goes on here. Um, so I was really interested in the different textures and and approaches to carnival, but also the golden thread that runs through all of them. Things that you know, the procession, the you know, the transgressive energy, like Juve at the beginning of the or daybreak before carnival. Traditional doesn't happen here, but in other um, in certainly Notting Hill um in London and other other Caribbean 
islands. Um, so yeah, that's what we did in 2021. And then last year, which was our first live year, um, we had Back of Yards, which was, I did the best way to describe it, deconstructed, reconstructed carnival. So a series of um, larger fringe events that looked at, thing, you know, the, the, the core, the essence of carnival, which is the food, um, the storytelling, the music um, and the arts, the carnival arts. So um, we had four events. The first one on Windrush Day, so the 22nd of June, which was a carnival library telling the story of the Windrush generation and the children of Windrush. Um, and then we had two events on Carnival Day itself running simultaneously. Um, Lost Horizon, which did the music bit. And then we had a real community celebration at Malcolm X, which is, you know, at the heart of, of St Paul's Carnival each year so it's been an interesting time Rachel it really has yeah it sounds like you've adapted in in lots of different ways in a really kind of creative way to ensure that you know the people of Bristol are still getting a you know a flavour of, of carnival and and that feeling of being united um at one you know over the course of the summer months and uh, all the joy that that brings and so yeah this year is going to be you know, like you mentioned, there's going to be more than 100,000 people expected. And uh, yeah, what can we expect from this year's carnival? Is there anything new uh, that's going to that's come to 2023's carnival? Well, um, I think what's new this year is that, well, it's new and it's not because carnival of, of old always had, you know, a couple of months of lead up time with sporting events and all of that kind of thing. Um, we haven't quite managed to fill the catalogue or the, the calendar as much as that, but we will have um, a two week fringe um, starting on, I think, the 17th of June, the run up to Carnival, finishing on the 1st of July, Carnival Day. And within that fringe, there will be um, a number of events. Some of them will be St Paul's Carnival events, but the rest of them will be um, events from community organisations, um, that are keen on celebrating that, you know, getting everybody ready for carnival. Uh, they'll be educational. Some of them will be sort of social, cultural events that fit in with our theme this year, which is learning from legends. Um, so that is a slightly different feature, but I think it's come from um, it's come from the last couple of years, actually, where we've we've run fringe style events um, in the run up to carnival or across, you know, um, to replace the carnival day itself during the pandemic so we want to kind of keep that approach where we have a you know that uh, that run up to carnival with events to get people ready uh we're doing we'll be doing some more communications on this but we're um launching a community mass camp pilot program so traditionally um, certainly since I've been with the organisation, if to get involved with the procession or the mass camps, you would have to be in one of our schools programmes. Um, and it, I've had lots of anecdotal feedback over the last couple of years that, the, you know, the community will, community want to be able to access and be part of the procession. And I think that's absolutely right. That is the traditional carnival way. So this year we'll be running two community mass camps, um, one at um, St Paul's of Edge Playground and one also at uh, the Learning Centre where people can drop in over the weekend to start making costumes. Um, and um, that that's one route into the procession this year, which is really exciting. Um, and last, last year I was working with um, 
Rubber, one of uh, from Affy Dance, uh, to put together a St Paul's Carnival dance troupe, um, and they performed at both Le, um, Lost Horizon and at Malcolm X last year. They were superb. Um, Rubber did some amazing work with community dancers and Sheba Monshrat to create um, an African dance and a Caribbean dance with lots of beautiful contextual storytelling around where these dances come from. So we're going to be um, revisiting that this year. Um, so yeah, look out for that. I re I'm really excited about this St Paul's Carnival dance troupe who will be, that will be part of our procession, but also hopefully be able to travel around different carnivals uh, on a national scale and make sure that St Paul's Carnival has a is represented. Oh, amazing. That sounds incredible. Really exciting. Yeah. And of course, you know, the normal stuff, the Elders Branch on Carnival Morning um, and the procession, which is, you know, the thing that people want to see. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there'll be lots of new things and lots of traditional things. Oh, amazing. That sounds super exciting. And the fact that the community are going to be given an opportunity to get involved as well with the actual procession sounds yeah sounds incredible um I know you mentioned the theme this year which is learning from legends um that also gives a nod to the passing of Roy Hackett do you mind talking a little bit about him and his legacy well you know sort of the the learning from legends piece it's of course you know we, we Roy passed last year he's one of our founding fathers um and we want to make sure this year we're celebrating his life and and his legacy um but it's also the the theme has came out with a converse, from a conversation that we had with our cultural reference group which is a group of um com community members from St Paul's um and also beyond who have a vested interest in in the cultural aspect of carnival and we consult with them around specific specific aspects of our work to ensure that we're getting it right and speaking to, you know, we're not just speaking to ourselves and the organisation. Um, so the Learning from Legends theme came out of speaking to this group um, and as well as looking back and looking at the past, um, you know, the, the community lost lot, lots of legends during um, the last two years and COVID. So we want to remember those people as well. Um, but look, we also want to look at the, the legends that we have now. Um, Rubber at Dance is one of them. He's been doing in, in St Paul's and um, Bristol for, for decades. Um, you know, he is a, a legend himself. And we have so many people like that in the city, in the, in the community, that we want to celebrate their contribution. Um, and, you know, Carnival is one of those spaces that that is building the next generation of legends mm -hmm. so it's a it's it's kind of us looking at 360 sort of paying respect and homage to those that have gone before us and that we've lost but though we're also um celebrating the legends that we have now who are doing so much um for their community and the, and the the young ones um who are legends in the making so that's what that that theme is about and we're we're really working on making sure that you see that throughout the whole um sort of celebrations this year i mean you know we, we have um the 60th anniversary of the bus boycott in april um and you know we the legends like paul stevenson um who kind of you know led that that um mo monumental momentous moment for Bristol, not just for Bristol, but you know, on a national, on a national scale. So we we're we want to remember all of 
all of the, the contributions that that generation has um, brought to us, brought to Bristol, um, you know, the the Carmen Beckfords, the Barbara Detterings, the, you know, the whole the whole gamut of of carnival women, you know, that we've got some of them on our board, um, some of them who ran carnival in the past, like Cleo Lake. We, we've got so many legends to celebrate in this city. It's um it's it's a city that's pretty packed um <laughs> with legends. So it feels like a fitting one for the comeback. 100%. Yeah, lots to celebrate and lots of people to celebrate as well. For anyone who hasn't been to St Paul's Carnival, could you describe like a snapshot of, of what goes on there and what people can expect from the scenes of St Paul's? I I said the first word that came into my head, Rachel, when you said that was hot. Um, 2018, uh, I think 2018 particularly, but 2019 as well, was hot. 2018 was a heat wave. My six-year-old was still in a pram. It was uh, World Cup year. I just remember it being blisteringly hot. Um, so yeah, the summer vibes, the heat, which I'm really looking forward to, is one of the things. Um, I, I think you know the the carnival sounds, the sound systems that just you know they bring so so many people to um, to the site and our stages. You know the 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 main stage, the talent in Bristol I think is phenomenal, and we we operate a, a Bristol first policy in that we we want to intentionally platform Bristol talent. Um, so, uh, you, you know, when you come to St Paul's Carnival, you're going to see what Bristol has, you know, creative creative um, sector or uh, in the community has to offer. And it is, it's a huge offering. Um, so you can expect that. You can expect all of the food, all of the traders, um, amazing rum cocktails. I'm particularly looking forward to that. And, you know, my, some of my favourite aspects of Carnival is just, you know, walking down the street and walking past people's houses um, and being able to, you know, buy food from them and, and interact with people. And it just brings out the smiles and the love. And, yeah, it just Carnival for me is, is always an amazing um, experience. Um, and when you, you know, I remember walking around in 2019 and just seeing lots of people who were just, yeah, connected and having a great time. And what is different about Carnival from a festival is that it, it, it reclaims the streets and that's really important for people. It's really important for the community that you reclaim the streets that are yours, that you grew up in, that your children grew up in, that your, your parents, you know, that it, it's a very, very, particular and peculiar to carnival um and how it differs from you know the the festivals that you know I love festivals but that it's a very different um experience when you reclaim the streets and people come from far and wide to to celebrate Caribbean culture so yeah I'm very much looking forward to that and yeah the schools that kick off the schools um start practicing in April that is also a sight to behold the <laughs> the kids um getting ready for carnival and then you know doing their thing in the procession that's that is definitely one of my favorite things oh incredible it sounds like you know there's something for everyone and it's like all ages as well can come together and enjoy enjoy the carnival and you know i think a sense of escapism 
and just you know forgetting about all the worries in the world and just coming together to have fun and to share the love and celebrate us you know it's what everyone needs really especially especially nowadays especially nowadays I think that's absolutely right um uh the escapism the kind of um connection and community these things are what carnival's all about at the, the heart of it and um I, I just I think it's so it's so important carnival tells a story and it tells you know it's not just the day it's it's a story that is you know about our culture our heritage our resistance our resilience um and the strength of the human spirit mm. and I think for me being able to work with artists who tell that story in our own voices and people come to take part and share that I think that's you know it's very special yeah 100 percent. well all the best for 2023 it sounds like it's going to be an insane event thank you I look forward to seeing you there hopefully on the streets <laughs> yeah for sure amazing thank you Rachel cool, no problem is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up yeah I think what I would like to add is that we need everybody's help to fundraise for this event um, we were successful with our um, Arts Council National Portfolio Investment application, which is great news. Really, really pleased about that. But, um, you know, I, I want to give everybody a really strong message that um, that is only a part of what we need to raise. Um, Carnival, without any of the organisational core, core costs, costs around 400000 um, and we are raising sort of two, 250 of that. So we really need um, people to understand that, to dig deep, support um, their carnival, uh, because it's, you know, it's it's the, the most fantastic thing that this city offers, um, without doubt, and um, I, we need to take care of it. So fundraising um, campaign will be kicking off in April. Look out for it. and. Um, yeah support us where can people donate if they want to make a donation people can go to our website www.stpaulscarnival.net um and you can donate at our website but you can also go to our information page about getting involved you can sign up as a volunteer um and we'll um yeah we we need as many volunteers as possible it does Carnival doesn't happen without the, the goodwill of so many people in the community. So, um, yeah, get involved and, and um, see how you can support us on the day and in the run up too. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time, Latoya. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Thank you so much, Latoya, for joining me on this week's episode of the podcast. As we mentioned, the historic event will be back with a number of fringe events from the 22nd of June, leading up to the highly anticipated day of the carnival on the 1st of July, a moment a lot of people in Bristol have been waiting for. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Bristol 24-7 Behind the Headlines podcast. I've been Betty Woolerton, and if you do want to support independent journalism in Bristol, please do consider becoming a member for just £5 a month or £45 a year by heading to our website, which is bristol247.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.